You're listening to the 24-Hour Podcast, sponsored by GoDaddy.com. The 24-Hour Podcast was recorded December 20th and 21st, 2008. It was the second annual event as a charity event to raise money for disabled American veterans. During the 24-hour period, I had a number of guests on the show. We had periods of open discussion and talk. And you'll also notice that uh, it is quite live and uh, the non-edited. So I hope you enjoy this episode of the 24-hour podcast. Again, the 24-hour podcast was sponsored by GoDaddy.com. If you're looking for a domain name, virtual dedicated server, dedicated server, shared hosting account, whatever it may be in your domain-related products and hosting services, don't forget GoDaddy.com. And when you get to that checkout counter, use the promo code TODD. That'll save you 10% on your order. Geek5 will save yourself 15% on orders of $20 or more. Todd20 will save you 20% on one-year shared hosting accounts. I hope you enjoy this particular episode of the 24-Hour Podcast. Again, it's an open forum discussion with guests that I had on. Definitely visit 24hrpodcast.com to check out all of the episodes. If you have a comment on this segment's commentary, you can send them to News at gmail.com, or you can drop me a line at my voicemail hotline at 619-342-7365. We join now the 24-hour podcast in progress. All right, all three buttons are pushed, and we are now on hour two, everyone. Welcome again, of course, to the uh, 24-hour podcast. And those of you that are up on Ustream, I want to, of course, welcome you to uh, Hour 2. And uh, you can uh, join the chat either on the website at geeknewscentral.com or 24hrpodcast.com. We're also up live where you actually can join the live Audible discussion and, and uh, have uh, ask questions of our guest. And the link to the talk shoe um, portion of the show is available on either Geek News Central or the 24-Hour Podcast. The link is there to take you to the actual page where you can uh, join the show. We hope that you will. hope that you'll dial in. The dial-in number is 724. Actually, for everybody globally, it's plus one, 724-444-7444. Lots of fours there. You enter the caller ID 10832-POUND. And then you should have a PIN number. I don't know if it's going to let you in without an account or not, but there is a voice IP uh, login as well at 66.212.134.192. But on the line, I've got Elizabeth Lewin. Elizabeth, good morning. How are you? Well, I'm well. I just marvel at the fact that you're up and rolling at, what is it, 7 o'clock in the morning there? It, it's 7, but, you know, my normal wake-up time is 5, so this is uh, this is all good. Oh my goodness! Well, uh, here in uh, in Iowa, where it's about probably sixty degrees colder than it is at your house, um, teenagers are just now waking up because it's eleven o'clock in the morning. All so. right, I don't know if you're watching the talk shoe stream or not. I mean, the you stream shoe stream, but just mm -hmm. l watch the monitor here for a second. Okay. Yes. Oh, that kills me! Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> the doors are open. The windows are open. We've got just a nice gentle breeze. It's about maybe 80 right now. And it looks yeah. like it's going to be a beautiful day here in Honolulu. <laughs> well, it's a beautiful day here as well, but a beautiful day with, I think we've already had the high of the day. Let me check real quick what that is. Um, 
oops, can't do it while we're on a call. So anyway, it, it's supposed to get to up to about 20 today. Sorry. And then an Arctic blast is coming through, and it's going to go down to um, like minus three by the end of the night. So we're uh, we're breaking out the the woolly socks and the and the long johns and stuff. So <laughs> we've got uh, about 80 people on the stream right now, and uh, why don't you go ahead and tell everyone who you are, what site you're with, while I update the guest screen. Okay, awesome. Well, my name's Elizabeth Lewin, and I publish podcastingnews.com, and we launched about the same time Todd did um, at the end of 2004 when podcasting was just starting to be sort of a, a blip on everybody's radar. And over that time, we started out trying to find one podcast-related story to write about every day. And pretty quickly, that little trickle of stories became just a huge, huge, um, huge just deluge of stories. And over time, too, we sort of branched out from talking strictly about podcasting to talking about Internet television and blogging and social media and all that because anymore you can't just talk about podcasting um it's really one building block of a much larger set of tools that people can use whether they're individuals or companies or nonprofit organizations so anyway it's been fun because part of that work means that we get to go places occasionally and run into people like todd and then just like having an international circle of friends that all kind of uh hang out and do the same geeky things it's, it's very nice we are a pretty much a, a small family, you know. It's it's kind of interesting. We go to the events, and we see it's like a family reunion every event we go to, you know. Even though we've only been, you know, amazingly, we're going on five years of podcasting starting in 2009. Really, it'll be the fifth year. And it's just like we've all known each other almost a lifetime. It's the way it kind of feels, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, it really does. And it's been kind of fun I don't know. In, in lots of ways, this last year, I felt like an old timer in, in lots and lots of different ways and um, in, in podcasting and lots of other things as well. And it's been fun to see other people sort of discover podcasts in terms of com consuming them, you know, finding really neat stuff to watch and listen to, but also to understand that now the tools to create their own show, which then often results in their own little community, you know, it's cheap or free. You've got things like Ustream and TalkShoe where you can set up an account and make a program, and it takes about five minutes to set it up. Or you can get a little fancier, not quite as fancy as Todd's set up, old gear over there. Um, you know, it, it's doable, and it's pretty easy. And uh, you've got a pulpit from which you can connect with anyone in the rest of the world. So what are you guys up to? What What is your holiday going to be like this year? Uh, my holiday is we are staying here for the holidays. We're not going anywhere. After our big uh, big vacation where I hurt my credit card severely, uh, going to <laughs> Disneyland and doing all that uh, stuff that you do when you're in California. So we're, uh, we've are we got some family here. My wife has uh, some aunties and uncles, so we'll be doing uh, the holiday thing with them. Of course, uh, lots of friends are having lots of parties and overeating and the standard fare for the holidays. You know, the only thing is, no snow, but I have to give you a little story here. For so, you know, I've lived here in Hawaii now, I guess how it is, Ray, this is going on the 12th year we've lived in Hawaii. And uh, when I first got to Hawaii, 
around this time of year when I was driving to work, I'd be in my car and have the windows up, AC on, because it's 80 out, right? So mm-hmm. I'm driving to work, and all of a sudden, my brain th- plays a trick on me and says, it's 20 degrees below zero, because I'm expecting that. I grew up in Michigan. And then, you know, it's it's just like this little momentary thing of like, it's cold out there, and you're thinking, no, stupid. It's cold in the car. It's warm out there. And it, your brain does play tricks on you. You expect to get up in the morning and see snow, and you don't. And uh, so that is the only disappointing thing. Although a Christmas party I took my kids to the other day ago, the group that had the Christmas party had flown in snow, and they had a pile of it. It was really cool. It really wasn't. Like, what do you have to do to actually get a plane load of snow all the way out to Hawaii? Was I have just... no idea. I was asking everyone, how did you do that? Did you guys go to a, a cooler here and make snow? It's, you know, no, no, they flew it in. I just like, I was completely blown away. I really was. And it was a big pile. And That's cool. It was cool, and the kids had a blast throwing, you know, throwing snowballs, and it was it was good. It really was. So, yes, we did have a little snow here in Hawaii, but it was on the, you know, in in a pile. <laughs> that's, that's really that's fun, and and I know you've got people back like in Michigan, is that right? Yeah, I have family back in Michigan, and uh, extended family all over the place. Yeah. So you you are no stranger to like Christmas time snowstorms and and all that. Nope, um, and, for, and miss for, it terribly. Yeah, well, you know, you do get nostalgic for it when you're away from it. But I know every every January we take a trip to Southern California, and it's for work. But it is so nice to get on the plane in Des Moines, Iowa, where you're bundled up in 12 layers, and you get off the plane in Are you still there, Elizabeth? That was weird. Yeah. That was, really yeah, it was odd. It's probably talk shoe acting up. Hey, you know, one okay. thing that, uh, that people find amazing is you would think Hawaii would be the destination spot for tourists uh, during the winter. Our peak season here is June, July, August. Go figure. Well, probably because that's when kids are off school. And uh, I don't know. It, it, it is weird, though, because it's gorgeous. Well, it's just like paradise there year-round. Um, I wanted to ask you, you know, it seems like, in the in the greater larger economy, everything is topsy turvy. Yeah. And yet, when I'm reading the things that you write and seeing the stuff that you say on Twitter, I don't get the sense that um, you're having that same kind of economic downturn, like with your people that use Blueberry and your tech podcasts and stuff. So, um, I get the sense that you guys are plugging along pretty well. Uh, so far, so good, and we remain having uh, plus months. We have, uh, um, we're at a point. I've got a little one that just got out of bed. He's coming in here now. Oh, um, nice. We've had, um, we've had some uh, concerns, like everyone else. And matter of fact, I was talking with uh, Ming Young on the last uh, last hour that um, one of our primary sponsors, who was uh, one of the lifebloods of the podcasting community, uh, I called them. I said, okay, uh, where are we at? Nervously, where are we at for Q1? And uh, the numbers um, are the same as Q4. Now, they did not, uh, we've had increases every quarter. Uh, This is the first quarter it stayed the same, but it stayed the same. We didn't see a drop. And uh, the vendor is still happy with uh, with performance. People are not spending as much money, so they are, you know, tempering their expectations some. So, you know, I think it's uh, it's good. We will see. But, you know, 
what you find during a recession, depression, no matter what, advertisers still advertise. As a matter of fact, many times they increase their advertising budget to try to compensate for the uh, downward in sales. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was, I was watching, too, as you see, uh, magazine circulation is down. So I, I see an ad week pretty frequently that um, magazines are getting thinner and thinner because there's much less advertising to support the content. Certainly, television stations are having trouble with um, the car manufacturers withdrawing most of their advertising and not having new models to, to promote. Um, and newspapers, of course, are in dire straits. I'm not seeing that from the numbers I'm looking at with different um, web venues. That may be kind of a problem with like online newspapers, but not so much with um, independent original content producers. And that's really heartening to see there's at least one bright spot in <laughs> a pretty gloomy-looking um, uh, landscape right now. Yeah, we'll see how long it lasts. I, you know, I'm uh, I'm full prepared to you know incur you know zero ad spend. You know, that's you know we've been we've you know we've seen this train wreck coming, and we've uh, mm-hmm. we've adjusted our spend rate accordingly. And matter of fact, we had a, a discussion about that at our board meeting uh, last Tuesday, and. Um, Everything that all indications are, we're, we are well set to weather the storm um, for, you know, 18 months at least if there was zero revenue coming in. We don't expect that, but uh, we feel we can go 18 months at this point if, if the worst case scenario played out. Now, I don't know about these. I don't know about other companies in space. And quite frankly, I, you know, I have my, um, you know, I'm basically inquisitive whether or not certain companies are going to survive this, and uh, especially some companies in the podcasting space. I think mm-hmm. we'll we'll see over time. I I just don't know uh, how much more money some venture capitalists are going to be able to pump into some of these companies, and and that's one thing I'm thankful for. We have no no venture invested in our company, and we did that on purpose, you know, because we didn't need it. Yeah, yeah, and I guess too, it's it's nice to know that whatever profits you make, whatever good things come to you, are really yours because you've put all of your own work and, and money and time into it. And really, you've been working really hard on this for more than four years. That's true. And, and well, you know, the, the, um, the really probably we were trying to figure out what we were going to do, you know, and to get our, you know, to find out what would be sustainable it took us a good year and a half once we launched Raw Voice to really get the model uh, locked mm-hmm. down. And I think that our business model that we laid out from day one, believe it or not, is coming to be very close to being uh, true. And, you know, we don't rely on advertising alone. We have uh, uh, portals out there where we have uh, customers using our uh, um, the same thing that runs Blueberry uh, Tech Podcast and Podcaster News. They have their own uh, white label uh, branded um, uh, sites out there. We have a, a site in the UK that is uh, going to officially launch this week. We're going to be making an announcement uh, later today uh, during a segment of a new site that is launching that um, we've uh, we've worked with the individual that's uh, putting it together. So, you know, the model on our generator stuff has worked good. And, of course, our, our statistics service that we offer to podcasters has went just, you know, over hugely. We have... Uh, large, large, large numbers of podcasters that are now using our stats service um, just because it simply works and it's pretty superior to anything that uh, 
that is out there, at least in my personal opinion. Now, we do have uh, um, some good traction with our, you know, some of our initiatives and with PowerPress, with our open source stuff, so, as well. Mm-hmm. So, I can't complain, you know, business is going on as usual. You know, everybody wants things to move faster, but uh, it's when the downturn in the economy, you just kind of have to suck it up and go with the flow. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I don't know, trying to see the glasses half full. Yeah. Um, I, I marvel at the things that are becoming more popular. Um, it, it's interesting in a, in a time of tighter money, the things that people are willing to spend money on. I was reading something the other day that said, um, like, the cheapest items are not the ones that sell well right now. I mean, Kraft Macaroni and Cheese is doing gangbusters. Heinz Ketchup is doing gangbusters. But on top of that, you've got people who are saying, well, if I've got a limited amount of money to spend, I'm not going to buy the pair of shoes that's going to fall apart in two months. I'm going to splurge and get better shoes because I need this one pair to last a longer time. And I think that that may also be the case with where people are putting their money online when they choose to actually buy something or place an ad. They're not just going to willy-nilly spew it out all over the place or buy indiscriminately because they're looking for some place where they know they're going to actually reach the people that they need to. Um, and then, like you said, you've got um, corporate clients that are using your engine to run their intranet or their, you know, their proprietary set of stuff. Right. Um, it's, really, it's really cool to see, I don't know, adversity making people actually make wise choices and become more innovative with what they do with some pretty cool whiz-bang technology, you know? And, you know, and it's amazing where this show has gone, you know, and, you know, we talk about uh, people doing innovative stuff. You know, I invested purposely this year in the gear that I did to do uh, more live events. Now, I'm at a disadvantage being in Hawaii. Normally, I record my show about, uh, you know, 8 or 9 o'clock at night, and it's usually in the middle of the night in the mainland. So I don't get the same uh, impactful number of viewers that uh, um, others do that are able to, you know, put their shows up in prime time there. So for me, the video stuff that I'm doing here today and the stuff I did with the podcast awards and everything like that is um, where I've, I've made my investment. But really, what we see still today, and people all are all super hyped about video. They think video is king. I have to hate to tell you this. Video is making very few people any money. Audio, mm-hmm. audio is where people are putting dollars in their pockets. I mean, well, it's... Think about the way people consume portable media. I mean, we're not often seated at a table like this with a laptop in front of us, or at least I'm not. Um, the audio I consume is usually, like, stuff that's downloaded onto my iPhone, stuff that I've got on my iPod, I plug in the adapter in the car, it's, you know, while I'm working out, while I'm riding my bike, don't tell anyone I actually have an iPod on while I'm riding my bike, but I do. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's, it's just not necessarily something that you can do when you're having video, because video, you have to give it your full attention and your eyeballs. Um, and also the file sizes are huge. I don't know. I, I like that for certain things. Um, short news content, comedy content, um, for other stuff, for video, I don't know. It, it, it'll probably catch on like gangbusters, but it's going to be consumed differently than what we're thinking it'll do now. True. Yeah. 
So what are you oh, seeing yeah. on what are you seeing on your side? What what are the little mouses telling you that's going on in the space with uh with other companies? Not that I want you to divulge anything that's proprietary, <laughs> but what are you what are you seeing? You know, I think people are being just super, super cautious right now and you can't blame them. Um the companies that are established are not really expanding right now. Um, most of the new media places, um, if they're working on venture capital, you're seeing them cut back a chunk of their staff, sometimes a big chunk of their staff. Like you look at um, Seismic laid off like 10% of its people. Um, kind of hear some murmurings that some other podcast companies laid off a chunk of their folks. But I think perhaps that was done kind of on the down low because it would look bad because it's a publicly traded, you know, company. Right. Um, and some of the other, well, old media companies that are doing new media are being just very, very careful right now. Um, and also not really talking very openly with me about it because it's not something you want to, you don't want to give the indication that you're not as strong and virile and um, ahead of the crowd as everybody else. And but I- honestly... Everybody's everybody's kind of holding back to see what happens next. Um, I'm hopeful to see, you know, after the first of the year, after the holidays are over, um, and people look ahead to what they want to do in 2009, that maybe there will be some nice announcements of positive, happy things going on, but probably not a lot of expansion. Right. For those of you that are on TalkShoe and those of you who are up on Ustream, of course, I want to welcome to the show today's uh event is not 100% about tech, obviously. We're talking about podcasting. We're talking about new media. We're going to talk about a wide variety of subjects. So if you are here to hear tech talk all day, um, that is not uh, you know not what you're going to hear. Uh, you're going to hear a lot of stuff about new media and, uh, and podcasting, of course. Um, of course, we are raising money for disabled American veterans. If you've just joined us, we hope that uh, you'll send your donation in via PayPal. Um, every dollar that we earn today will go to DAV.org, and uh, we look forward to uh, your participation. Last year, we were able to raise enough money to send, I believe, four or five OLPC laptops uh, overseas uh, in the one laptop per child uh, giveaway that we did last year. and had a little logistic problems getting the laptops. And as a matter of fact, had a couple of them stolen when they were delivered, but we got that all sorted out. And uh, we're able to make good on everything that we did last year. But this year's easy for us. All cash will go straight to DAV.org. Uh, and I haven't looked at the uh, email lately, but I'll get everyone an update on what we are in uh, on, the, on the PayPal stuff. So what uh, what do you guys got cooking over there at Podcasting News? Well, um, <laughs> personally, we have a kid who's going to graduate from high school this year. So a lot of our year has been given over to applying to colleges and looking for scholarships and, oh, gosh, doing all kinds of really cool big kid stuff. And then, um, oops, I'm getting Twitter. Sorry, I hope that that didn't bother anybody else's feed. Um, Anyway, there are um, fun things coming up for us. We're going to be going in January to uh, a music industry convention that coincidentally happens to be a fantastic place to go look at podcasting and audio and video gear because anymore so much of the music production stuff is digital and electronic so um, we go and my husband looks at all the synthesizer gear and I look at all the really neat portable handheld recording devices and really snazzy microphones Um, so if anybody else is going to be going to the NAM show which is what 
the North American Music Merchants Convention. It's in Anaheim. It's across the street from Disneyland, which is pretty cool. Um, we're going to be there, and I'd love to connect with other people who create podcasts because um, that's one time when you've got you know, 50,000 50, um, musicians and people there. It's, it's a really, really fun show to go to. Um, and there are a lot of podcasters in Southern California, so I'm, I'm hopeful of connecting with some of them. Um, had a couple of really nice meetings. Had lunch last year with Michael Gohagen and got to kind of look around at Disneyland with him, and he does the Disneyland podcast, and that's fabulous. I bet you and, that was fun. Uh, oh, it was. And, you know, I'd heard him talk before, actually give lectures about um, how he came to do the Disney podcast and, you know, the kind of access he gets. But it was another thing entirely to actually be out in front of Cinderella's castle <laughs> and, um, you know, getting his story on what it's like inside Space Mountain and, and that kind of thing. Um, and then we, we also had supper one night with, um, I don't know if you guys know, Ron Plouffe. He uh, does new media stuff, but he started out just as a, a guy, a dad who loves to tell stories. And he had a wonderful podcast called Griddle Cakes Radio. And, um, and he and my husband Jim are friends. And it was really fun um, hanging out with them, seeing their house, and just sort of geeking out about what you can do with a home studio setup. Um, that, in a nutshell, is what it's like for us. It's, it's fun sort of getting the big, fancy corporate press releases and interviewing big mucky mucks. But really, truly, Todd, the thing I enjoy most is that kind of one-on-one -on -one having connected with other media creators and then getting to go hang out with them in person and um, find out why it is they're so inspired to use a lot of their free time and a lot of their extra money to actually create something that other people can enjoy. You know, not because it's going to make them gobs of money or make them particularly famous, but just because they're good at it and, and they love it. So what, um, I want to ask your opinion on something. Of course, we had some news come out that uh, New Media Expo has essentially been sold to the folks over at uh, Blog World Expo. I went to the first Blog World Expo. I didn't make it last year. So what do you think about the merge? You know, I'm glad you asked about that. And I kind of like to hear your opinion. I'll, I'll venture mine first. Um, having been to both events and having been to the New Media Expo several times, Blog World just that first year, um, they are two very different events. Um, so there's a lot of overlap. You know, I saw a lot of the crowd at the Blog World Expo that I saw. Excuse me, the dog test. Yeah, it's okay. Don't worry. It, this, is, this is a podcast. Hang on just a sec. Hey, Catherine, take your coat. My daughter's going for a, a hot chocolate date with a friend, and the dog is having a hissy. Oh. Um, <laughs> so at, at any rate, I, while there was some overlap between the Blog World Expo and the New Media Expo, I think that they had a different sort of tint to them. The Blog World Expo seemed to have a lot more people who were um, in the God-blogging sort of field, and the military blogging field, and there seem to be fewer of the kind of out-there-on-the-fringe podcasters and bloggers like I saw at the um, New Media Expo. That's not necessarily a bad thing to combine those two, but it 
doesn't necessarily seem as though it's a merger. It's more like an acquisition. Mm. You know what I mean? Yep. Blog World Expo, um, what's his name? Calvert? Yep. Calvert? Yep. Um, has taken over the new media expo brand from Tim Berkwin. And so I wonder whether it's going to have more of a bent of the Blog World Expo and less. Uh, goodbye, guys. Have fun. Um, whether they're going to have more of a tint of, of the sort of conservative um, middle America thing and less of the international, funky, out there, skydiving, French-made bizarreness that right. uh, was a presence um, at, at the other thing. But commercially, it makes a lot of sense. It is outrageously expensive to put on a conference, whether it's in Ontario, California, where the venue's fairly cheap, or Las Vegas, where everybody can fly there cheap, but the hotels and the food and you know the Teamsters at the convention center, just the costs mount tremendously. And I don't know in an age where people are Twittering and live streaming and um, blog, live blogging events, whether it makes sense for people in an economic downturn to turn around and blow a couple thousand bucks to go to a conference where that same content might be available for free. Um, You know, Tim's going to lose money if he does stuff like that, unless there's a thing that the face-to-face contact provides that makes it worth the investment. Well, one Um, one thing that we're going to do is um, I've got an appointment with Rick to basically uh, have a conference call with him and uh, talk about some of these very, very things. And I guess I would want, uh, you know, if you have suggestions, or if, matter of fact, you know, Elizabeth, you may want to actually set up a time and, and talk to him as well, where we, where we all can go in and say, hey, you know, here was, you know, he understands what the vibe was for New Media Expo. Um, I don't know if he knew what it was when it was in Ontario, but we lost some of that vibe last year. And I want to make sure that... Um, we have the ability to have the community type of events that we need to have at the event um, where all of us can get together in a, in a place that is, you know, either off the show floor or something where we can do this networking stuff that we do so well. That I think we do better than bloggers because I've, I've been to both events and I, and I really do think we have something very unique at New Media Expo that is very hard to match at any other type of conference that you go to. Um, I think it's important that we have a national event, and I think it's very important that we get together. Uh, we're my company is committed to going this year and testing the waters and seeing how it is. We we need to be there to see the people and talk with our our, our clientele and future clientele. A lot of our business is generated there for a year, so we'll see what happens. Um, but we are definitely going to have a discussion with Rick and and uh, and, I, and I encourage you to do the same because he needs the input. He needs to be told. Um, really what we like to see and or what we want and hopefully he can if budget constraints allow he'll allow us to uh to do that so I'm, i've got my fingers crossed frankly well i i'm glad to hear that you're you're hopeful about it i did not go to the new media expo this year my tolerance for las vegas is about once a year i i like it and it's fun had a blast when i was there for the blog world expo but um i don't know i think i'm perhaps too provincial to actually be able to do Las Vegas more than like four days a year. Um, so it'll be interesting to see in the com- 
combined thing how it is this year. Um, I, I think you're right. There is a need for in-person media events like Blog World Expo, like the New Media Expo. If for any re- other reason, this show floor is, is fantastic. It's so neat to go actually see in person the people who are um, bringing together media creators, the people who are producing the bizarre hardware. Um, it's fun to see stuff one year that's just, um, you know, mocked up in beta and actually see the product on the shelves at the Guitar Center the next year. Right. Um, and you can't really get that same sense only having your conference experiences be virtual. And, and it's really fun outside the conference times, um, getting together, you and I and Rob Greenlee from Zoom and Paolo Tosolini, who does enterprise podcasting at Microsoft, and who else? Uh, who else did we go out to dinner with? Jason Van Orden and Rob Walsh from Wizard. And it was just like a, a bizarre mix of people, but we all went out and had the most wonderful Italian dinner. It was amazing. And it was, yeah, and it, it was amazing food. And because we had a real live Italian person with us, um, we had a, a guided tour of, you know, the sort of food that your, your Italian mother would make you for Sunday dinner. And in between that, it was really fun to see all these competing platforms and companies, everybody getting out their funky gadgets and comparing and playing with their iPhone and, you know, playing with their T-Mobile phone and, um, kind of sharing a lot of commonalities, even while it seems like the rest of the time we're all very different in our approaches to what we do and even our worldviews. I mean, you and I, Todd, have probably polar opposites in terms of, uh, of you know, our politics and that sort of thing. But when we get together in person, we're like, oh, you know, he's a cool dad and I'm a cool mom and, oh, you know, don't you really like this cool gadgety toy? And uh, that you don't get when you can't be there in person. Um, and so I, I look forward to seeing what happens this year, and I'm really glad to know that uh, you and Rick are going to kind of hash out what your expectations are for the event this year. Um, are, are there any other events that you can think of that would be of interest to everyone in the podcasting community? Well, that's something that we've actually started to look at, and um it's it's you know and I haven't uh, got a list yet, but we'll definitely be at the pod camps. Uh, the pod camps are you know proven to be a, a great venue for people that can't afford to go to Vegas. Um, mm-hmm. It's a great you know they, and they have a lot of great content. Even though the some of the pod camps have morphed a little bit, um, the one we did here in Hawaii, we tried to have a dedicated podcasting track. We had a dedicated uh, social web 2.0 track, and it was you know it worked out really. I mean. You should have come, Elizabeth. I mean, we had a fabulous event in a fabulous venue. But we go to all these other events. We go to PodCamp NYC, PodCamp Boston, PodCamp Ohio, and supporting those events, uh, not only through dollars, through sponsorship dollars, but you know, sending people there to talk with podcasters and, and lead sessions. Um, we think that the PodCamp slash um, Blog World and New Media Expo is definitely the events that we'll be supporting this year. And then if we find something, you know, we did something out in Vegas. It, I mean, out in Vegas, in Colorado, it was a um, an event that they had out there just recently we supported. So I think it's one of those, we'll do what we can within the budget that we have, but going to a big show, if you're going to attend is one thing, but the cost to actually exhibit, oh my goodness, is completely another. Um, yeah, and um, Tim Berkwin of... 
late of the New Media Expo. He does the Podcast Brothers podcast. He's a wonderful essay about that, just wondering aloud whether it was worth putting on a show anymore because if you are the conference organizer, you've got to front the money for the event. Right. If you're an exhibitor like you are, you have to pay a tremendous, what is it, drayage fee to get your booth material there, and you have to abide by whatever the local Teamsters rules are. You can't just bring it in your suitcase and set it up yourself. You actually have to have it professionally shipped and professionally unpacked and set up, and you have to buy the booth space. Yep. And you have to, you're flying from Hawaii to the mainland, so that's not cheap anytime you go somewhere for business. Um, you have to think, you don't necessarily get a tangible return on that investment. That's been a challenge for us this last year, really looking hard at where we go and what we do, because you get a sense that every one of those trips is profitable in terms of the connections you make and right. the people you know, because then knowing you, if I hear a rumor, I can call you, and I know you, and you'll tell me, and so I'll have accurate reporting in the news that I write. Right. But on the other hand, like you, to fly from Des Moines, Iowa, to any place else in the country is an arm and a leg. Yeah. And um, it's not ever someplace I can just hop in the car and go unless it's in Chicago or Minneapolis, and none of the things are. So... As an attendee, I have to really think carefully. I would imagine as an exhibitor, I mean, how do you actually quantify whether you get a, a satisfactory return on the big bucks you spend to get there? Well, you've do quite... You have, go ahead. I'm sorry. Do you have like a, a list, a checklist that you go through? or What do you do? How do you figure that out? Absolutely. You set uh, quantifiable goals and you... Set a benchmark before the show, and you look at the benchmark after the show, and you see uh, how much uh, bang for the buck you were able to uh, to pull out of the show. It is, you know, even though it's it's a you know a show is a form of advertising, but not only that, we don't look at it in tangible dollars on what we're going to earn. We also look at it from the aspect that you know we are trying to, you know, we are about reaching our community members. We're about uh, ha hanging out with them, talking about them, finding them what their troubles are what we can build. So it's not only just the how many new sponsors we get, how many new podcasters sign up for our service, how many people sign up for our stats. It's also what kind of feedback did we get? What did we love? What did we hate? What do we want you to do better? You know, it's that type of stuff that, believe it or not, people will never tell you in an email. But if you get up close to them and they say, by the way, uh, there's something over here that I don't like or here's something you're doing well at, do more of this, um, that is... Um, that's almost worth the price of admission in itself. Um, so I think that it's you know it's it's pretty broad based, but um, you know when we go we try to you know we set a set of company values that is about non intrusion and it's about helping the podcaster and that's what yeah. we our our company's about. And um, you know you can be the most profitable company in the world, but if the podcasters aren't happy with the uh, the things that you're providing them, then you know you might as well you know you might as well not be in business. So that's what our goal is: is when we go to these events, is to get feedback and also share as much information as we can to help. And this is the way that's like this event. You know, this is an outreach event that I do, not only to raise money for disabled American veterans this year, but also as a way to you know document kind of what's going on in the space and what's happened in the last year that people can go back to the archives. This this series last year, I don't know if you were on earlier, 
but the 2007 show was downloaded over half a million times, the 30-some episodes. So there's, there's, you know, there's a minefield of knowledge that are in these events because, you know, I've had people like you, like Ming Young on, that people just can't get that data anywhere else, you know, especially if they don't have a budget and can't travel. And uh, so I think that's what, you know, that's part of this event too is giving back to the community as well. That's very cool. Um, I wonder too, like, do you have any particular pod camps on your schedule for this coming year? I know Jim went in 2007, went to PodCamp Boston, and I think maybe Angela was there. Yeah. Um, but just had a had a great time, um, kind of getting the inside scoop on what y'all were doing, and the way that's set up, it's it's a wonderful way to have impromptu sessions uh, with the people that you really need most to talk with. So which ones are you going to go to this year? Well, it all based upon what the guys are available for schedule, you know. So mm-hmm. not all of our not all of our team is full time. We have uh, people on the team that still have regular jobs. So we basically look at each person's schedule, their vacation schedule, what they have available, and then we kind of plan several months in advance each show. We will try to attend all the majors and then support as many of the smaller shows that we can. All the shows are major, believe it or not, because. Even like PodCamp NYC, it was huge. There was huge numbers of people there. But the venue was such that it felt like a small event because you really were – it was kind of spread out. Now, whereas PodCamp Ohio, they had probably maybe half the people, but it looked bigger because we were all closer together and we all could talk. And it was was more more of a – more conducive to the type of uh, venue that PodCamp would have. And uh, so we'll do all – you know, do as many events as we can and – I think generally we set aside uh, ten to fifteen thousand dollars in our budget each year for uh, sponsorships for pod camps, and so that really equals out to you know ten to fifteen shows. Yeah, well, that's still fifteen shows in twelve months, even with a handful of guys going. That's that's a lot of that's a lot of traveling. Yeah. Uh, well, what else do you see going on this coming year? Not just for you, but in the wider new media, podcasting, social networking sort of industry? Well, I think this is definitely going to be a year where we're going to see whether or not that uh, the streaming model is going to be able to survive. You know, we're lucky enough right now to be streamed on Ustream. It is ad-supported. They have ads that pop up in the stream every once in a while. I think those companies are facing significant challenges. Um, mm-hmm. I think that, you know, I don't have any insider information, but I would almost guess that at some point here in the near future, Ustream is going to offer up some sort of uh, pro type of service. Now, I looked at what Mogulis did with their pro offering, and this was outside of the uh, complete uh, realm of reality on what most new media creators would be afford to pay. So I'm hoping Ustream understands that and comes up with a model. You know, I would very happily pay not to have those ads show up in the stream. I would pay whatever they would earn on those. I'd be very happy to do that, um, or even a premium above that. So I think that there is a um, an opportunity for these companies to find what their business models are going to be. I think we're going to continue to see more microblogging. You look at Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff has continued to expand. And um, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen in the podcasting space. A lot of people are scared of the word podcasting, and it drives me crazy. I mean, companies are changing their names because they don't want to be associated with podcasting. Give me a break. It's a name. It's a word. Um, the media is no less of quality uh, 
it just it just drives me nuts. So um, we're not afraid of the word podcasting. We're going to continue to em- embrace it and support it, and uh, because it's all about time shifted media consumption. People are doing. When was the last time, Elizabeth, that you watched a television show? live when it was recorded when it came up live if it was eight o'clock show did you watch it at eight and sit through the commercials no i mean first of all most of the content is so dreadful i wouldn't wouldn't dream of watching it with my seven-year-old you know and the other part of it is i don't have enough time in the evening to actually like have a scheduled program that i have to sit down and watch um, we're really getting a kick out of things like Boxy and Hulu, and really cool that Boxy works on Apple TV. Um, I think those kind of platforms are going to get better and better. I and think so. as we have faster download times and better storage devices, I see us actually consuming whatever media we want to, um, you know, completely free of a schedule. Um, my husband and the older kids have really gotten into watching Lost, but we, you know, whatever night of the week it's on, it's not a night when anybody's available. So, you know, they're catching up on old episodes on Hulu and getting the new ones and, you know, doing it at times of day. Sometimes the kids get up at six in the morning so that they can do that before they go to school. Jim will stay up after everybody else goes to bed. And it's really nice. It doesn't cut into family time. Right. And I can see as more independent people start producing interesting video, um, you know, there are all kinds of short web shows that are only available online. I see that happening more and more. Um, it'll be interesting to see what the cable and satellite and broadcast industries do to try and stay on t- not even on top of that curve, but to catch up with that curve. Because right now, they're being so proprietary about it. Um, hang on just a second. All right, have a good time at work. All right, all right, be good. Turn, sending my, my 17-year-old out in the snow to go to his job <laughs> at a bakery where he will bring me delicious bread at the end of the day. Nice. Um, yeah, it's a good thing on a cold day. And you know what? It's good that he's working. I like to see uh, young teenagers working. I think that's good. <laughs> yeah, well, and you know, you probably found this too. It's it's nice to have a couple jobs that are really hard yep. because then um, when you grow up and you get a nice job, you think, oh, lovely. That's right. Um, I'm sitting behind a desk, and I'm not I'm not wiping off really ucky, ucky tables mm-hmm. with other people's spilled milkshakes. That's right. Um, so anyway, TV and other media, I see us consuming it more on the fly on our own schedule. And I think the television networks are kind of trying to catch on, but they're being so proprietary about their stuff, you know, that it's my content and you have to register to see it. The Olympic coverage was ridiculous um, to try and, and – get uh, to, to see, like, my kids all do um, competitive fencing, you know, saber and epee, that sort of thing. And to actually see saber, you'd have to either have that weird sports channel that it was on, or you'd have to find it online. But to find it online was very difficult because we didn't have the proper credentials to find in and do it. It was kind of crazy. Um, and it, NBC lost out on a really great opportunity 
to hit us with advertising because we would have watched six hours worth of fencing competitions had they been available to us online. You know what it was um, all about, don't you? Control. Well, control, yeah. control, control, control. All they want is control, and they have to learn they got to give up that control. People aren't going to stand. They, day and age, people don't stand for that monkey business. They don't stand for control anymore. No, no. And the funny thing is, I think, like you were just saying, you'd pay to have live streaming video without someone else's ads on the bottom. Um, I think we would actually be glad to either pay money to not see ads on Hulu. Right. Or we would pay money to be able to, um, you know, consume the TV shows that we want to see or get to watch the, the Sabre competition at the Olympics. We'd even give up some of our information about, you know, our email address and where we are if we were offered that option. But too often it's so closely held and it's being dribbled out and parceled out in stingy ways that kind of offend the consumer more than actually make them want to pursue. You know, if I have to go through more than one screen to get to the thing I want to watch or listen to, I'm not going to do it. I don't have time to uh, dink with another user ID and another password at another site. Um, so anyway, but that's another rant for another day. Um, <laughs> well, we are, we've got about nine minutes left, and I know we've got more people on the talk shoe call-in line that uh, may want to participate. Does anybody have anything to add to the conversation or, or like to ask Elizabeth some questions? See, I spring that on them, and they're all muted, so they're trying to figure out how to unmute. I think I'm scaring everyone. You guys can uh, come online and feel free to join the conversation. I'd love to have you. You guys are going to have to help me make it through this event because uh, it's going to be a long 23-some more hours or 22-some more hours, and you can dial in at 7-1-724-444-7444. The caller ID is 10832. I guess if you don't have a PIN number, you can just enter one pound, and uh, that'll get you in. Uh, we definitely are going to have, uh, you know, use those Skype minutes that you have uh, been hoarding or use your voice IP uh, to dial in. They have a voice IP IP that you can use as well. I think they're talking about some free solutions in the chat. and uh, But you know, always, you know, pick up that cell or, you know, you got free minutes on the weekend. Pick up the cell and call in and, and join us. Um so, you know, I've noticed... I'll, I'll say something. Go ahead. Yeah, it's Rick again. Hey, I don't Rick. want to monopolize. I don't want to monopolize this again because I'm going to be coming on later on anyway. But uh, I just want to make a comment because, uh, you know, she made some really... Uh, she really opened up a, a great discussion on this. It could go on for hours and hours. Um, I do go on for hours and hours. <laughs> so, so, do, so do I. That's why I, I, I'm guessing I can't seats out at the moment because I'm on the mic, but uh, I'm guessing he's cringing every time I come in. Oh, no. Um, seriously, uh, Robert and I were having a short conversation there in the chat about uh, about uh, the term podcast, and it wasn't that long ago where, you know, if, if I wanted to approach an advertiser or, or uh, even family and friends about podcasting, I had to approach it as an internet radio show. And which technically, you know, it, it kind of it is and it isn't. It, it, it is sort of, but it's not live. Um, but uh, that was because nobody really understood what podcasting is. And now that 
uh, it's the, the term's becoming more mainstream. I don't. I find that I don't have to explain it as much anymore to people. It's actually becoming kind of hip. The word pod, the word podcasting is becoming somewhat hip to advertisers now. In a sense, they're, they're starting to get it. They're getting there. Correct me if I'm wrong, Todd, but they're they're starting to come around. It's taking a while, but I, I think. Uh, uh, pretty soon, I, I don't think we'll have to explain it as an internet radio show or something anymore. It'll be podcast, podcast. I think it's becoming more of a hip term now. I would hope so. Um, but also, I, I think that as time goes on, podcasting, like blogging, like so many other things that individuals and companies are doing, it becomes ubiquitous so that Yes, you have a blog, but everybody has a blog. Yes, you have a podcast, but, you know, hopefully, ideally, in the future, everyone will, so that if you want more in-depth information or you want up-to-the-minute information in any format that works for you, just like people have different intelligences and different styles of learning, I think we all have different ways to watch a news channel with a crawler on the bottom. I find that too distracting, but if I can read it or listen to it, one one medium at a time. Uh, that's my learning style. My husband usually has six windows open and headphones on and can take in, you know, content from many, many different media, many, many different sources. My hope is that the word podcasting becomes ubiquitous because everyone will be doing it, you know. I, I really hope that that's the case. Well, it's definitely becoming more accepted now. It's not the it, it, it isn't uh, received the same way it was uh, a year or two ago. And you said podcasting. Either, people either said, "Well, what is that?" or they would say, "Oh, you know, uh, that's kind of a you know geeky underground thing. You know, it's not anything that we're really uh, that we really want to take seriously." But now people are taking this very seriously, mm-hmm. a lot more seriously than they were uh, about a year or two ago. And I, I think it's getting there. Steve Garfield here on the, the chat on Ustream raises uh, an interesting point. You know, he'll just continue doing what he's doing and calling it, you know, it's audio or it's video. And for many people who don't want to be geeky, that's, that's what it is. You can call it a podcast. They'll probably understand what it is. They're probably not going to be people who are subscribing to your RSS feed, and that's okay. You know, they just know that they can actually listen to your show or watch your show whenever they want. Um, and whether we call it audio or we call it, I, I did a, I, I did some production work for a financial services company that's headquartered here, and uh, they decided they wanted to call their things audio casts. Okay, we'll call them audio casts. And I remember uh, a few years ago, somebody was trying to trademark the word microcasting or something. It didn't really catch on. I, I think you know the vocabulary will sort of morph. To accommodate whatever people call it, um, uh, I had a friend who was kind of woefully untechnical who used to say, "Well, I'm going to get on the online now." <laughs> you know, um, that's a little awkward, to, I think. Yeah, yeah, but you know, I knew what she meant, and if that had caught on and everyone started to call that the online, it, it would have been grammatically improper, but we would have dealt with it. It'd be okay. All right, folks. Well, we're we're almost to the end of the hour, and it has went fast. And uh, I want to encourage everyone over the next hour, when we go into hour three of the twenty four hour podcast, I am going to have open lines for an hour. <clears throat> we had a reschedule of our events, so if you are a podcaster, blogger, 
and you want to get on here and talk about your show and what you're doing, there's going to be a prime opportunity in the next hour to do so. You can do that by dialing in at, at plus one seven two four 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 seven four four four, and then uh, enter the call ID one zero eight three two with a pound sign. Then if you don't have a pin number, just enter one pound. That'll get you in, but there'll be an hour here to talk. We encourage the listeners to call in too and ask questions. And uh, I might be sharing a little bit of personal stuff this next hour as well. We'll get into that. I've had some requests by people to do that. Um, Elizabeth, it's been terrific having you on this hour. I always enjoy chatting with you. We, we Again, just like Ming Young, we probably would could have went on two or three hours here. Uh, you're more than welcome to hang out with me if you want. Thank you. That's a wonderful. I, I may kind of check back a couple of times throughout the next day. Um, just shameless plug, come to podcastingnews.com. If you've got something that you're doing, it doesn't have to be a podcast. It could be an amazing, I don't know, story. It could be an ebook. If you're doing something and you want the world to know about it, please let me know. My email is just up there on the chat, and um, I would love to hear from you. And Todd, thank you so much for inviting me. This is, I, I hope that you make this an annual holiday tradition. Well, it's just as I guess I called it second annual, so that's kind of scary when you do that because then people are going to expect third annual, and uh, God willing, and if the schedule allows for it, I will be doing it. So, but thanks for coming on this last hour with me. Sure, my pleasure. Hey, Merry Christmas, everybody. Have a happy Yule and a and a good New Year. And you too, as well. Bye. All right, folks. I'm going to. Uh, recal here that means uh, stopping some of the recordings and restarting them so just give me a minute if you guys want to hang and chat you can do so um we'll get this uh, re-queued up here in just a second